Again, we want to welcome all of our guests. We're so, so glad to have you here, share this time uh, with us. This is going to be a really short devotion. So you can just relax, not going to, not going to be here for a long time. Um, our, our verse this morning is Pastor Joyce has already pointed out, John 3, 16. Um, let's say it together because I think we all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I'm going to turn this so I can see you folks. Yeah. Um, now, those of you that are regulars and you know me, you know that the first thing we would normally be doing is diving into some really deep theological de you know, definitions and you know, we'd be going back and digging into the original language and all that. I wanted to do something different this morning. Um, for one reason, we, you know, this is a verse we all know, and we, we probably heard it talked about and preached about. Uh, it's pretty clear that the, the centerpiece of the verse is the love of God. Um, how do you define that? How do you describe that? Well, love in that verse is pretty much expressed by the act of giving. So our understanding of love is based on God's giving. Uh, but rather than take the normal route and you know, dive into the, you know, the definition of the word give, I had a different path I wanted to take this week. We had a youth party on Friday, and I thought, I'm going to let these guys do my homework for me. Um, so, I, I, first of all, I asked, the, we had about a dozen youth in our house, I said, you guys know the verse, right? And they all rattled off John 3.16, I was so proud of them. I said, okay, um, that, that word love is based upon the word give. Um, what does the word give mean? And of course, they had different things. I said, here's what I want you to do. I said, I want you guys, I gave up through my five cards. I said, I want you to write the, word, the verse down, only don't use the word give. Try to find another word that expresses that idea, the idea of God giving his only begotten son. What, what do you come up with? And they came up with some great, great stuff. Um, I just want to share a couple of their ideas with you. It was good, good stuff. Uh, the most common one was, for God so loved the world that he gifted his only begotten son. That's kind of a very contemporary, you know, idea, all right? And, if, and to be honest with you, when I first heard it, I wasn't really comfortable with it. Because, you know, in the, our present vernacular, gifted is like re-gifted, right? To me, in my mind, it has kind of a negative connotation, something you were given you don't want, so you give it to somebody else, right? But, you know, there's a certain truth in that, because a lot of people, they take the offer of eternal life in Christ, and they just, like, give it away to somebody else. They don't take it and hang on to it. Kind of a, a somber warning, but gifted. I thought more about that one. I'll share a little bit more with that one. Um, for God so loved the world that he sacrificed. Wow. That one made me stop and think. Obviously, when the father sent the son, gave the son, he was fully conscious of how it was going to end. There was no question of where that would end. And in our Savior's death, that can never be very far away from the Christmas message, the Christmas story um, the nativity, whatever you want to call it, it's never very far away from his death. But I also thought about that word sacrifice in terms of its totality. You know, you can't like partially sacrifice something. You, know, you can't like partially sacrifice an animal. The totality of God's gift. He did not withhold anything when he gave his son. Yeah, sacrifice. Then I think my favorite one, I never saw this one coming. And when I first heard it, I went, what? For God so loved the world that he bestowed. Yeah, we have some very articulate teenagers. He bestowed, and I thought, well, it has kind of a sense of formality to it, you know, like a great gesture. 
And that made me think, though, you know, we always think about, the, you know, the incarnation and Jesus' birth, like from our side of the picture. I would imagine, entirely speculative, but I think it's reasonable, that in, in the realms of glory, there was a certain amount of formality. And there certainly was a recognition of the gesture. And I thought about that from the perspective of the angels who for as long as our minds can comprehend it, had dwelt in the presence of God's inapproachable light. And that was their only understanding of the God of all creation. And then to realize that had been put, placed, crafted in human form. That was a gesture. That was something to behold. God bestowed with all the pomp and circumstance and formality that heaven could create, that heaven could express, he bestowed his son upon us. That's pretty wild, right? Um, for, again, this one pulled me up short. For God so loved the world that he forsook his only begotten son. Now we think about Jesus' words on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But there was a process of separation that occurred. We know that Jesus walked in intimate fellowship by the Spirit with his Father. We know that he said, I am the Father one. But there was still a period of separation. Having spent eternity in intimate, perfect fellowship, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one member of the Trinity is now confined, if we can say, to earth. That perfect communion in heaven, no longer there. And of course, culminating, culminating in the cross, right? This is another one. Didn't see this one coming. For God so loved the world that he chose his only son. I had to think about that one for quite a bit. And I thought about, okay, cho chose, choice. Choice suggests a process of deliberation. Choice suggests a purposed decision. So with a purpose, which is the redemption of, of our sin-stained souls, our eternal hope, our forgiveness, with that purpose in mind, Choose suggested that God went through a series of options and found none of them sufficient but one. Jesus was indeed the only available option sufficient to pay the price for our sins. He chose. For God so loved the world that he sent, that's borrowed from the next verse, that again reinforces that idea that the Father sent the Son from his presence. Yes, with purpose. Yes, with mission. But from his presence. And that perfect communion they had known was severed. Yeah, he sent his Son. And then I came back to that word gifted. I came back to that word. Gifted is always complete. You can't like partially gift something. Gifting is always permanent. There was no sense in which the father in the giving of his son, you know, had like a string attached that he could reel him back in. Now, Jesus said, I can appeal to my Father and he will send a legion of angels. He said that from the cross, but that's from Jesus' perspective. I don't see anywhere, anywhere in the text where it says the Father, like I said, kept that, kept that lifeline in place. And as his heart broke 
at the suffering his son could like, nah, that's enough. No, he gifted his son in the perfect tense, and it wasn't until Jesus said, it is finished, that the father would intervene. In fact, it wasn't until he was buried in a tomb and the three days prophesied in Scripture were fulfilled that the father would intervene and raise his son. I think all of these words collectively give us a pretty good idea of what it means when we say, for God so loved the world that he gave. The complete wholeness of the gift we have received in Christ. The perfection of the gift we have received in Christ. The sufficiency, the eternity, everything one could ever want in a gift, even beyond all that we can imagine, wrapped up in this perfect gift. Father, I thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that looking from the abode of heaven, you saw our greatest need and you knew what we needed so very desperately. Lord, that is why we can sing. Lord, that is why we can rejoice. That is why we can celebrate, Father. And that is why, Lord, that is why we can gather in communion this morning. Communion, Father, what, what could be more appropriate on the day when we celebrate his birth that we should celebrate his death and, yes, his resurrection?